1: Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Ice Sport Radio. That's right. It's our rest of the NHL show. Uh, You might be listening for perhaps the very first time. This is the second episode we're going to... Uh, put up live on our feed. Of course, it's a we're going to release it a week after our patrons get to listen to it. So these are still uh, Patreon content for the time being. So if you're still subscribed, keep that up. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's just get right into this to the show. It is our Central Division preview. My name is Bill Matsumi, director of Fun and Games for the evening. If I didn't say that yet, I don't remember if I did. Uh, so let me introduce you to the rest of the panel. Let's lead it off with Stephelicious D. Steph Driver.
2: Um, So I just have a little note about Patreon. A lot of people have asked when we're going to release our archives of shows, and I haven't discussed it with the team, but I think the easy answer is we're not. Yeah. Um, So if you want our old shows and you're not already a subscriber, subscribe for a month, get our old shows, and and then you can cancel.
1: Yeah, download them. Or don't. Do whatever. Yeah, that would be, I feel like, too much work for no reason to just put them up on the feed, a bunch of old shows, like a year's worth of old shows. I don't think that's yeah. worth it. Agreed. All right. From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor.
0: This is kind of like a broken record, but what in God's name is Ottawa doing? <laughs> so they, they, they wave Zach Smith, who's like one of the few actual NHL players they have left on that roster. He clears waivers. And then the dead the next day in practice. He's the top line center. Like I just don't, it's not even that what they're doing is dumb. It's just it makes literally no sense. They are
1: incredibly cheap. I didn't want to believe they're as cheap as this, but they just, like, we're hoping someone would claim them. That's all I can think is, oh, let's see if someone takes them.
2: D- to give away an asset for nothing is, is
1: ludicrous, and that does seem like what they're hoping for. I mean, to not get as much as possible for the best defenseman in hockey and Eric Carlson's ludicrous, to get less than the team who flipped him uh, for Mike Hoffman like the Sharks did, uh, that's ludicrous. They're a ludicrous organization. They barely, they don't belong in the league. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the resistance, Stuff you know I've always hated them. I just thought in a vacuum (laughs) that between two ferns interview thing that uh melnick did was the start of maybe him doing things the right way but no it was in fact nonsense <laughs> last but certainly not least the fly by yourself kelly hinkle
3: yeah i would say they're uh doing a lose for hughes type of thing but that would require some kind of plan that makes sense and i don't think they have one of those so
1: yeah that I don't would know what they're doing that would imply they know who jack hughes is and like, yeah, <laughs> they might not fifty-fifty at this point. Uh, as I said, this is our Central Division preview show. However, I just read this story. I think it came out earlier this afternoon. Uh, I know we did the Pacific Division last week, but Corey Perry is going to be out five months with an injured knee. Had surgery to repair MCL and meniscus injuries. Uh, pretty big blow to the Ducks there, eh? Ah, uh, that's a shame. <laughs> I know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I, it sucks for the Ducks. But <laughs> I see what you did there, Stephanie. Thank you. That's
1: like, as we talked about last week, we all have so little interest in the Ducks because of these guys. Like, maybe I'll be able to enjoy a Josh Manson or uh, you know someone like that a little more while Perry's out.
2: No, their stink is still all over the team. Yeah, fair
1: point. I see, like, Corey Perry, who's one of the bigger names in the league, maybe not the star he used to be, but still a big name. I see he's out five months, and my initial reaction's like, huh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
3: I was like, oh, well, that's a thing.
1: Yeah. So let's get it started with our Central Division preview. Uh, last week, last week we went in order of the standings. I kind of like how Kelly put it together this week, a little staggered. And we are going to start with, Jesus, the Chicago Blackhawks, who were one of the worst teams in hockey last year, finished last in the Western Conference. Um, Bill, can you say that again? One of the the worst one Say of the, the chicago blackhawks were one of the worst teams in hockey last year thanks finished, bill i needed that finished dead last in a yeah. in a finished dead last in a bad western conference um yeah they they made some minor moves but they've essentially just opened up some cap space which they badly need but haven't used it yet with everything that's gone on in their organization uh, lately. What are the chances you think they bounce back into a playoff team after going 33-39-10 for 76 points last season?
2: Zero. Zero percent chance. I don't know,
3: Stephanie. They have Brandon Manning. Exactly. Exactly. And Cam Ward.
0: (laughs) The only way I could see it happening is if if Corey Crawford comes back early and is Corey Crawford again. Because you you can – You can kind of erase a lot of problems with a team with a really good goaltender, and I do believe Crawford is a really good goaltender. But that's jumping—it's making a lot of assumptions. Number one, it's making the assumption he's going to come back. Number two, it's also making the assumption that he's going to be the same guy when he comes back. So, to me, they're almost like um, the—it's funny. They're basically like the— the Western Conference version of Montreal, except they actually have a, a couple centers
1: and they're not a total uh, laughingstock. <laughs> they have some centers, so they're nothing like Montreal at all. Actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely that, but they also have talent. I mean, Jonathan Taves is talented, even if he is overrated by the powers that be. Patrick Kane is talented, even though he's a scumbag. I mean, there there is talent there. Whereas Montreal
1: is lacking it completely. Yeah, but I
0: do think they're both those teams, like the only way they're going to be good is if the goalie is really yeah. good. And they do have really good goalies.
1: No, it's it's definitely going to be Corey Crawford has to be like a top five goalie Vezina candidate if this team is going to be, I'm not even saying Stanley Cup contender. I'm just saying relevant, you know. yeah. They, they play. Yeah, but they, Go ahead, they Kelly. They
3: brought in gold, mena- gold medalist Chris Kunitz. <laughs> oh, God. So that'll help them a lot, I think.
1: It's a, The money that Sidney Crosby has made this dude is unbelievable. Like,
2: yeah, but Sidney he doesn't Trink like him enough it. to make him a-, a penguin. Yeah, well,
1: you know, at a certain point you got to move on, and that organization is uh, well-run, so they're not just going to fall for that shit. Uh, Fair. I will say, like, I don't want the Blackhawks to win any more Cups, but I do think it's fun when they're relevant, like, I want them in the playoffs so that they can get beat and we can all, like, revel in that. Like, when they got swept by Nashville, how happy was Hockey Twitter united around hating the Blackhawks?
0: It was enjoyable. I'll agree was, with that. Yeah. But but I will say that I have no problem with them being bad because that means I can revel in it for 82 games rather fair. than just four.
1: All right, that's fair <laughs> enough.
2: Yeah, I absolutely hate them, so I'm I'm pretty pleased with them being bottom of the division.
1: I have a prediction. Ten goals for Brandon Manning with the Blackhawks this year. Ten. Oh god.
2: Ten are
3: you gonna bet Steph twenty dollars again? Because I think you're gonna lose that one. <laughs> I I'm not <laughs> confident
1: enough in it to put my hand
0: on it. Yeah, they um I think it was Mark Lazarus who tweeted this out. Um last week when it was like the beginning of preseason and he essentially said that because they have Brandon Davidson he may not even be on the PTO anymore but he was on a PTO uh, defenseman he used to play for the Oilers and Lazarus who's like a longtime beat writer basically tweeted out that you know you're watching these guys and Brandon Davidson should be the guy who got signed to the two-year contract and Brandon Manning should be the guy on the PTO and it's like you (laughs) know what like sometimes I wonder if we've just You know, we've got tunnel vision on these guys. We've watched them for so long. We've got a perception of who they are, and we can't, our opinions can't be changed. But then when you hear somebody who hasn't watched him very much and agrees with us of our opinion of Brandon Manning, it's just like, thank you. Thank you for the validation. I appreciate that, Mark Lazarus.
1: Yeah, I really doubt, like, oh, go ahead, Steph.
2: No, I really appreciated that, too. Like, thank you. I'm not actually a crazy person. This guy sucks.
1: I I really doubt that, like, you know, like you said, Mark Lazarus probably isn't up on uh, Flyers' Twitter and their hatred for Brandon Manning enough to just throw that out there to get the likes, you know, like if you're watching him. I will say, however there is something to Brandon Manning's ability as a hockey player, and I am interested in seeing if Quenville sees what I see and puts him in a better situation than Hackstall put him in. I still think he's a third pair defenseman, but like, if you're using him to clear the front of the net and kill penalties, well, then you're just continuing to misuse him because he got in a couple fights in his life. You think he's good at that shit? Like, I, I, I don't. Know. He's good yeah. with the puck on his stick. I want to see if a good he's coach a can get that out of him.
2: He's good with the puck on his stick. For someone who should never have the puck on his stick. All right, that might be...
0: <laughs> is is he actually good with the puck no. on the stick? Or is he just, no. like, mildly passable with the puck on his stick? I've seen That's him make some
1: good moves. I think he gets shots to the net. I think he has a... I think he's above average for a defenseman in terms of that stuff. Now, like, decision-making and any sort of defensive zone coverage and being a good NHL defenseman, no, he's not that. I just want to see if a better coach can utilize his strengths more than uh, Dave Haxtall did. But that's enough about Brandon Manning for the rest of my life. Listen,
2: I spent a lot of years defending Luke Shen, so I know where you're coming from, (laughs) but you don't have to defend Brandon Manning anymore. I'm not. You can let it go. I'm not
1: not defending him. I'm just telling you what I saw. Was a guy capable of putting up points higher than a third-pair defenseman while all the rest of his abilities are below average? I saw something there, and I want to see if a better coach can bring it out of him. And I, basically, it's a way for me to grade Hackstall after the fact, more than anything. But again, that's more than enough for this lifetime on Brandon Manning. <laughs> Let's move on to the Colorado Avalanche, who uh, bounced back in a big way last year. I mean, Nathan McKinnon led the way, but 95 points, good enough for fourth in the in the division, found themselves back in the playoffs 43-30-9 and overall. How do we see this going for them? Do they continue to take another step forward? The Duchene trade seemed to really boost them last year.
3: So, I put in the outline that I think that they're going to be better than next season, and Charlie seems to disagree or at least not be convinced about it. I said, but Will I mean, they though? <laughs> I I just think they got I think they got markedly better in goal. And if we're saying that a good goaltender makes a big difference, I think that they're I think I mean I'm not saying that they're going to be like top of the conference or anything, but I think they're going to take a step
0: forward. I mean, is Grubauer really going to play all that much though? Like they still have Varlamov, so you would think that I don't know. Like, they're going to split time, right? It's not like they got Grubauer to immediately jump into a sixty-game a year role, right? I mean, that was my no, interpretation. No, yeah. Of
3: it. No, I think you're right about that, yeah, but uh, I, think... I, I I just feel like he's going to win you more games
0: than Bernier did. Yeah, Maybe. I, I think... don't think Bernier's awful, though. Like I think he's a decent backup. I'd rather have him as backup than Michael Neuvert, let me put it that way.
1: I'd rather just dress an extra guy than have Michael Neuvert on my bench. <laughs> like, Jesus, if that's the line. Uh, I like I do think they brought in uh, Grubauer to kind of create a good tandem with Varlamov, who has been a decent enough goalie in his career. But is in a contract year and uh maybe they just kinda don't think he can carry the load, so they're gonna go with one A and one B and kinda see who who wins it for a playoff run is my guess.
0: Yeah, I mean my suspicion is that they're they don't wanna re sign Varlama. Yeah. And the Grub the, the trading for Grubauer was you know, yeah, we'll have a a good tandem this year, but that was a plan for the future because they think they just kind of decided they're done with him over the long term. So, like, let's get a guy now that we have have an opportunity to get a guy. Let's get a guy now, and, you know, this year he can be a tandem. Next year it can be the starter. To me, the thing that just kind of – I don't know. The thing that pushes me off on the Avs a little bit is that, like, they barely made the playoffs, and – Nate McKinnon had, like, this unreal year. And I guess I'm just not sure he's mm-hmm. going to have that good of a year again. It kind of—it's the same thing Well, when we get to them. It's the same thing with the Devils. Like, I just don't know if Taylor Hall can do that again. Um, and I don't know if they can succeed if he doesn't. I, like, McKinnon's younger, I guess, so maybe this is really who he is. I don't know. I just look at the rest of that roster, and it's just very meh to me. Like, up and down, it's just extremely meh.
2: Matt Duchesne is a locker room cancer. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> this team, I think that they're young. I think that they're still trying to find their, I, 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 I want to say identity, but, you know, I think that that's an overplayed adage in hockey. But I think that that's kind of what they're doing. You know, they're, they're on a, what, second year coach? Yeah. Third, second year coach? Um, let's, let's see what they can put together. I don't think that they're going to be worse than last season. I don't know whether I, 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 I don't know whether they're going to be markedly better, but I don't think they're going to be worse.
1: That's They're one of the teams I'm interested in watching this year because Steph, you, you use the, the looking for their identity thing and maybe they know who they are, but I'm really looking to see is. Like, were they just a team carried by a great performance? We see teams every year, you know, get into the playoffs once, and it's okay, they got in, then what? Uh, Like, I want to know if this is an up-and-coming team or if last year was just, yeah, Nathan McKinnon had an unreal MVP caliber season and, you know, we were fourth. So is that, like, I want to see if if they're going to take a step or if it was just, all right, yeah, you you made the playoffs. Congratulations, it's hockey.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's fair. I mean, they do have they do have good young players. Like Mika Rantanen's good. I I don't know if Tyson Josh was that good last year, but I liked him in the draft, so I'm still kind of cool on him becoming something down the road. I think the big thing that scares me about the Abs too, aside from like thinking McKinnon might regress, is just that like I there there are other teams that they finished above last year that I think will be better this year. Like I think the Blues are going to be better just because they added so many guys think they will be better. Uh, I think the stars are going to be better because I think they kind of shoehorned Ken Hitchcock into a team that he wasn't, you know, his style did not work for the type of, the type of personnel they have. And I think the new coach will be a better fit. So like, I don't know if Colorado is necessarily going to be worse, but I, I think I would have them the second worst team in this division. Granted, I think this division is very good. So I, that's not necessarily killing them as a team,
1: I just don't know if I'd put them ahead of anybody other than Chicago. That's a good point in that while they did have a great year last year for them, especially considering what they were, you know, previously, uh, like Dallas, I mean, they have a ton of talent. And like you said, uh, they just weren't coached properly. They thought – Oh, well, if we bring in Hitchcock, we have all this offensive talent. He'll just make them play defense, and then we'll win. And that just, that's not really how it works. And the St. Louis Blues just fell off the face of the earth in the second half. Um, I don't expect them to be nearly as bad. Let's get to... Okay. (laughs) I, I like the Avs. I like some players on their team. I like watching them when they're on late. So I'm hoping they're good. I would like to see them in. But... I don't dislike yeah. them. I just don't
2: like anybody on the team enough to buy their pretty new jersey. Oh, God, that's such a good jersey. It is so It is such a good jersey, and I don't like anybody enough. Like, the one that's closest would be Landeskog, but it's just not there. I don't feel feelings towards the Colorado Avalanche. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Get a Peter Forsberg. Good forever. Okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about those Dallas Stars now. Uh, I think they made one of the biggest moves in the offseason by bringing in my guy, Jim Montgomery. Uh, last year, 92 points, sixth place, bit of a disappointing year. Uh, they lost lost Antoine Roussel, which is probably addition by subtraction. Also, you know, a Dan Hamhus, a Greg Pattern. What, like What is this team? Seriously. They have the good offensive talent. They have some of the best top-end talent in the league between uh, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, and John Klingberg. What do they have behind those guys? I mean, on paper,
3: they should be very, very good. But it seems like they never really are very, very good. They're just, like, good. Sort of. Is what I'm yeah, that's my analysis.
2: I don't know what the fuck the stars are doing. I have been saying and, and I whine about this. I've been saying that they're a playoff team for like four years and they've never been. So now I'm just all out on the stars. Like forget you guys. they were in on every or they were reportedly in on every big name, free agent and trade this off season. And they couldn't get anything done. I mean it's hard. They I mean, were able to re-sign Tyler Sagan, man. but but they didn't get anything done. So are they just gonna be here making a whole lot of noise and not doing anything again? Or are they actually a good team? I have absolutely no idea.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna blame them for not getting anything done. I mean, they tried, they didn't. Like only there was there were only two superstars on the market and they went after both, and they didn't get either one. That sucks, but, like, only two teams can get two superstars. So, it happens. I don't know. I, the stars are interesting to me because I just – I'm really intrigued what Montgomery's going to do as coach. Like, it's just a it, – I wouldn't say it's a total outside-the-box hire because, obviously, you have Hackstall and the Rangers hired their guy too, hired Quinn. But, like, this is Bill's dude. Yeah, so man. I'm, I'm interested just because this is Bill's guy. Bill's been talking this guy up for a while, and – if he's good, Bill's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of I told you so ability for this one. I
3: think he's going to make a big difference, if for no other reason than Ken Hitchcock um, is anti-scoring goals. And this is a team that has a lot of offensive talent that wasn't allowed, I think, to be unleashed in the way they should be. And I have a feeling that a guy like Montgomery is going to take a look at his roster and try to optimize the talent that he's got. And most of that's on the front end.
1: Charlie, were you the only, uh, were you the only writer who, the only voter who gave Klingberg Norris votes?
0: I was. Yeah, I did. I was, was shocked. I, I guess I wouldn't say I was shocked that I was, but like, I guess I thought that someone else, maybe at least like a Dallas writer would toss him a Norris vote. I didn't think I would be the only freaking person who did. Um, cause I prefer not to stand out on my first time voting, but I did on a couple where a couple of places. And that kind of freaked me out. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think Klingberg is one of the best defensemen in hockey. Uh, and I think he did a really good job last year of kind of adapting to the Hitchcock defense first mentality while still keeping his offense, which I thought was really important. Um, and that's one of the big reason why I gave him the, the vote, um, but Dallas just sort of fell apart at the end of last year. I believe, like, the last, like, what, two, two and a half weeks of the year, they just started losing and they just could not win. Um, cause they were, they seemed like a playoff lock most of the last year and then they just kind of collapsed. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I view them as a playoff team. Um, Miro Heiskanen, I want to talk about because, like, I feel like if he was on an East Coast team, we'd know a lot more about him nationally because he's going to be good. Like, I'm expecting him to have a, uh, I'm expecting him to have an Ivan Provorov esque first year impact. Like he's he's that good of a defensive prospect. Okay, fourth overall pick uh, the year the, the the year the Flyers took Patrick, and he's really good. Like he killed it in in his European league, which was a, a pro league against men. Like I'm expecting I'm expecting him to be a Provorov type player. So
1: getting him this year for them, I think it's huge. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're definitely going to be a good team to watch. Um... We talked about it last week, fun losers. Even if they're not a good team, I think they could be like a watchable team just because they have all that offensive talent. Um, and if they lose games, you know, six to four, that was worth watching.
2: I just can't get behind them because they've let me down so much. I mean, you're not wrong. They've... and And, like... I love making Jamie Ben jokes and even I've even lost the joy in that because I'm so sick of this team just being middling nothing
1: and I do I just kind of want to see some new blood in those playoffs there like the the way it shakes out is and we'll get to these teams but like Winnipeg and Nashville we're kind of penciling in you know and then after that I wanna see I wanna see something just a little different. I wanna see some new jerseys during the playoffs, you know? I wanna see different colors on the ice. I was
2: just gonna say I also kinda hate their jerseys, and I feel like that's an unpopular opinion.
1: I love the old ones. Like the ones they won the ones they won the cup in in what ninety nine? Like I'm a big fan of those. Um, but I always say I like a jersey with a good with a good center crest, and they have it, so I don't know. I like their green. It's a little... Something about this version of green. I think they changed their green a bit, and I don't like this it's a, a version. A lot of teams started just biting that Hartford Whalers green. Like, I like it, but I don't know if I like it for Dallas.
2: Fair. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like their jersey. I would actually say that they're my least favorite jersey in the league right now.
1: If I was a Dallas sports team, I would go with, like, the Pittsburgh route and have all... I would have everybody be Cowboys colors. Like, that's... It's fucking America's team. Like, as much as I hate them, like, the Cowboys move merchandise. The Mavericks kind of wear that, uh, kind of wear the same colors. I would probably just do that. But, hey, I don't design jerseys for the Dallas Stars, so what do I know? Jason Spezza, before we move on. 26 points in 76 games. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I have it in the other outline for BSH Radio tonight. But he put out the, uh, list of most overpaid players in the league based on points, like, uh... What they get paid per point, basically, and Spezza wasn't first; it was Laterra by a mile. Um, (laughs) But Spezza was definitely like top three or four. Twenty-six points in seventy-six games last year—they were really counting on him, uh, and he did not deliver whatsoever.
2: He was really good the season before, so I think that this was probably the Hitchcock system. I think that he can bounce back. I don't know if he does because it's another new coach, but I think he can. It's
0: he's a- old though. Like he's 35. So, I mean, there's always the possibility that he might just be cooked. Yeah. Like he, this might be like a Vinny situation where he just can't do it. And he still thinks he can, because he used to be really good. Like not as good as Vinny, but he had some damn good years in Ottawa. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's big for them because I mean, He's taken up a lot of their salary gap, and
1: he scored 20, 20-something points last year, and that's that's not ideal. It's funny you bring up LeCavalier, and this is tangential, but, like, we, he was a disaster as a as a signing in Philly. He had 20 goals that first year. Like, granted, I, I, totally, I looked at his numbers the other day for some reason. I was like, oh, really? Huh. Like, if they get 20 out of Jason Spezza, yes, they need more than that for this, but... Jesus, after the year he had last year, if they get 20 goals, that would be great.
3: Yeah, I think he'll probably bounce back a little bit, but I don't expect him to get to where he was the year before. I think that it's probably a mixture of him being old and Hitchcock forbidding his players to score goals. Um, But, yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, now let's move on to one of these other— they seem like a playoff mainstay— but they never really make any noise once they're there. The Minnesota Wild finished third in the division with over 100 points last year, 45-26-11, more than respectable. Didn't really do much this offseason, though. Uh, They did bring in a new general manager. Uh, Paul Fenton was the assistant GM with Nashville. Man, like, Minnesota, what the hell are they? They're just another one of these teams. Like, the Ducks... I, I, I like to watch them more than the Ducks just because they play their home games in a better environment. But, like...
3: Yeah, so the, eh. so the way Steph feels eh. about Dallas, that's how I am with Minnesota. Like, I'm done with you. Enough already. I feel like every year I have to hear about how Minnesota's going to make noise, and they literally never do anything, and I've had about enough.
2: They're also in that grouping for me, too. Like, I'm... I'm done with you guys as well. Minnesota. I am sick of hearing about how Zach Parise is injured again. I, I, I need you to be something other than middling nothing.
0: I'd like to point out here that I think like 95% of the teams in the league stuff is not <laughs> like for, cause there's, there's like, there's like a very, very small window where she likes you because if you're okay, but don't get good, she doesn't like you. If you're good, but you don't win a cup, she doesn't like you. If you're bad and you stay bad for a while, she doesn't consistent. like you. If you're really good for a while, she doesn't like you because then she's sick of you. So I, like, I guess it's like you have to sort of be just on the cusp of being great, but that only lasts for like two years, and then she hates you.
2: My, my biggest secret is that I actually hate hockey. <laughs> <laughs> People forget that. People forget that.
0: <laughs> I will note, though, that, like, Minnesota is a team where I am in absolute agreement that, like, I am just utterly tired of them. Because they're just so friggin' underwhelming in every way. And they're they're good enough that they stay in the conversation, but they just, like, you know they're not going to
1: win anything. Yeah. They're just sort of there. They are not winning the cup. Like, it's really tough to say that about any team in hockey, you know, with the exception of, like, Ottawa, because they're an AHL team, maybe. Seems Yeah, like, look at what the Phantoms are putting on the ice. I would ra- – and granted, like, I know the Phantoms players, but I would rather go watch the Phantoms than Ottawa. Again, off topic. The Marlies would sweep Ottawa, without question, <laughs> in any series. Off topic, but uh, I want to get back to the, to the Wild for a second. Can we talk – About the year Eric Stahl had last year, 42 goals, 76 points, and completely under the radar? He was killing it for them last year on a team that really needed that kind of boost. Um, You know, they lose Suter. Zach Parise is is, is starting to really decline. And Eric Stahl, 42 goals.
2: Did Zach Parise even play last year? Like All I hear is that the dude is injured. He
0: played, right? Like, not the whole yeah. year, but he played. He did. I'm
2: being dramatic. He played, like, ten games. He played
0: half. Of, according to Cat Friendly, he played 42 games. So he played about Whatever. half That's ten. But he missed, like, all the important parts of the year, I think. He was out for the playoffs, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: That's, uh... With, like, a broken back or something.
1: They finished third in this... They finished third in, in the Central last year, and much like we said with, uh, Colorado, not only am I not impressed with Minnesota's uh, Minnesota's roster or their off season. I just think teams below them are better than them uh, than they were, you know, better than they were last year and moving ahead of them. So I'm not really expecting much out of Minnesota, but, you know, I could say that every single freaking year since the lockout and yeah. they make the playoffs.
2: I feel like they might benefit from a coaching change, and it's not that they're—it's not that they're a bad team. It's just what they have is not going to get them over the hump.
0: See, it's funny. I actually—I mean, I, I sort of see where you're coming from, but at the same time, like, because their coach is is Boudreau, right? Boudreaux is yeah. their coach. I actually think that he—I think he's propping them up. I, oh, okay. I don't even think—I th- don't even think they're this good. I think that he's a good enough coach. Like this, I think this is a true talent. Like you know, 88, 89-point team in the standings. And I think he squeezes another seven or eight points out of them, which I guess is good because they make the playoffs, but, like, they're not doing anything when they get there. So yeah. I almost feel like the presence of having having a good coach with this roster is almost stopping them from making hard decisions.
2: Hmm. That makes sense, and I agree. Um, so maybe we need to, we need to save Boudreaux, kind of campaign here. Oh, then, I know where he can go.
0: Yeah, but and then again, I mean, to, to play devil's advocate to myself, like, his team's never win in the playoffs. So, like, I don't even know how good of a coach he is. I know he's a great regular season coach, and I'm very much opposed to this idea of, like, the playoffs matter so much. But, like, his teams always suck in the playoffs. So maybe with him there is something to it. I don't know.
3: Yeah, but he looks like a giant baby, and that's fun. <laughs> he does
0: look like a giant baby. He looks like a giant grown baby.
1: All right, now the uh, uh, one of the great stories over the last couple years is uh, Nashville finally stepping out of that uh, that little brother role where people are just like, Yeah, good for you, Nashville. You made the playoffs. Way to go. And to like, now they're serious cup contenders. Of course, Steph is tired of them now. Uh, she's, yep. she's over them. <laughs> Even though they have PK Subban, she's still over them. I love him. Uh, but you know, fifty-three, eighteen, and eleven won the president's trophy with one hundred and seventeen points last year. Of course, you know they just play that seven-game series and losing seven to the uh, in the second round to Winnipeg because that's how the playoffs that's how the playoffs are formatted these days. Uh, but you know what? I started thinking again off topic. We don't we don't usually get one versus two like something shitty happens and we get some team we don't want in the conference final. So at least this way when things like this happen, Nashville and Winnipeg happen to be in the same division but are the two best teams in the West. We get to see them play at least and we got 7 games out of it. So maybe it's not as bad as we say it is even though it is it, it, it it's it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It sucks. Uh
3: but what,
0: what, they- we, what honestly we need is we need one of the Pacific teams to um to get like to get like really good. Like I know Vegas was Vegas last year, but we need we need a super team in the Pacific because right Sharks, now, baby. yep. Yeah, like, like right now you've got like you've got uh, Nashville and Winnipeg and to me like on paper they're the two best teams in the conference and it sucks that they have to play against each other it, in the second round. It wouldn't nearly be as annoying if there was another team who the winner of that battle had to always face in the conference final. Like I'm thinking back to the the late 90s when you had like the Avs, the Red Wings, the Stars, and like yeah you knew two of those teams were going to play each other in round 2 but you weren't that annoyed by it because you knew the winner of that team of that matchup was going to play the third team and that was fun so you just we just need one more team and then this will be okay they just that one team hasn't popped out yet hopefully it's vegas
3: yeah you know what's nashville weird about i this is like sorry like but since we've been doing these deep dives into each conference Remember when the Western Conference used to be, like, so ridiculously dominant? Yes. They're really not
1: anymore.
2: They're not. not. Nope.
1: Which is good. I like it. I like it, too. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, those teams, you could just keep those dynasties together, and uh, the league was slower, so all of a sudden, a 30-year-old didn't lose his legs. Like, Joe Sackett could be effective until he was... 36 years old, like Peter Forsberg, skating around on one foot with the Flyers, still like a point and a half a game. You know, like It was just a slower league back then. Now it's so fast. These guys, you give them the contracts, they get old, and you can't get out of them because there's a salary cap. It's just not as easy to do. Uh, it's that Lou syndrome, Kelly. Like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, one thing I'll say about Nashville, and it it, it pertains to Winnipeg as well, both were Stanley Cup favorites, the two best teams in the West probably by far, and they didn't meet expectations. But I think it's a sign of a good organization that there, was, there were no panic moves. You know, Nashville went out and got Dan hamhus which is just a good addition. They need a third pair, so they go out and get a guy who will be able to fill that role for them. But no real panic moves. They're just going to go, we're good enough, so we're going to keep rolling with it, because eventually we should get one.
2: So here's the thing that Nashville did do. They signed Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. God, I forgot you about that. You know
0: who that. it is, Zach Ronaldo.
2: <laughs> they signed Zach Ronaldo, and Zach Ronaldo is going to make the team.
0: Yeah. That's not confirmed. He's still battling for a spot, right? He's still it's in not, camp.
2: It's not confirmed, but he's still there. Yeah, he's still
0: in camp.
1: Lavi
2: and lavulette is saying good things about him
0: you always liked him man plays with he jam called up, who called him up for the for the playoffs for his debut that was awesome who, was, who did Oglethorpe. they take
2: instead of that i thought the flyers took when they actually took frost
0: uh tolvanen eli tolvanen yeah i think he
2: was i think he was sent back he was, today. He was really
0: sent back today. i was surprised that they sent him back good
2: and zach ronaldo is still hanging around Listen, Tyrell Goldborn is still
3: on the Flyers roster, so let's slow down. I think he got waved he
1: today, waived today, didn't
3: he?
2: He was waived.
0: Yeah, but he's still there. Okay. He gets yeah. sent down tomorrow, I guess. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's just roles, you know, and then we, we make fun of it, but coaches are into it. Like, Tolvanen probably was like, well, he had to make the top nine or he's not going to make the team, whereas Zach Rinaldo is, like, the fourth liner extraordinaire, that whole bullshit.
1: I mean, if your roster is good enough to support a guy like Ronaldo. I, like, Ronaldo himself, because he's proven not to be able to play within the lines, like, he just, he's a habitual line stepper. You know, <laughs> if you yes. nice if you cross the line now and then, but you generally, like, a guy like George Paros, who was an enforcer for years and was never once suspended because he actually did what, like, was required of him, I, I don't hate it if the rest of your roster is good enough. If you have 11 good forwards have a Ronaldo now again Ronaldo individually yes he just likes to run guys from behind on a regular basis and that's probably bad but same I don't know man if I would love to have the option of if someone is I heard you Steph (laughs) thank you (laughs) I would love to have the option of like say somebody cross checks PK Subban yeah we're gonna send someone out to literally bite the throat of your best player
3: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't feel like hyperbole, actually.
1: No, I totally no. believe no. that could happen.
0: See, this goes back to my uh, my whole thing about how they should allow teams to dress more players and have specialists. Oh, I believe so that. You're...
1: I the throat biting specialist. Yeah, you
0: have the shootout specialist. You have the throat biting specialist.
1: No, it's I find it absolutely asinine that you have a twenty three man roster and can only dress what, eighteen guys. That's stupid. What's the point?
2: So, to backtrack... Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> who do they have in their top nine that's so good they couldn't make room for this rookie? I mean, um, maybe he's just not ready.
0: Yeah, I guess it's possible. Uh, I think he
2: played him last year.
0: Not much. Like, two games, He got, like, right? a little bit of time at the end of the year, and he didn't play in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm going through... Like what their top line is, uh, Arvidsson, Forsberg, Johansson. So that's locked. Uh, Terrace is a center. Fial oh, is yeah. on that line. Yeah, they got Kyle Terrace. Uh, Craig Smith is in the top nine. Benino. Maybe it's Yarnkrock. Maybe Yarnkrock is the guy who pushed uh, who pushed him out. Like Yarn- I don't
2: even know who that is. Kelly Yarnkrock.
0: He was like the first line center when all their centers got hurt
1: in the Stanley like, Cup final two years ago. That was fun. Yeah, they were out of players. <laughs> and we're just like, hey, fourth liner. Guess what? It's you. It's you.
2: Yeah, Nashville. Um, they just have yeah, a I ton of know.
1: guys. Like, uh, they're not like superstars, but they're just solid. I think throughout. And then, of course, one yeah. of the best blue lines in hockey. And putting Hamhuse on that third pair. Uh, they're going to be a tough out again. Nashville might be, you know, back to uh, back, back to back Presidents Trophy winners. I, I would have to say they're the favorite at this point. I think what I like
0: about this team the most is that, like a lot of teams, you look at them and yeah, they look good. But if a couple guys get hurt, you're like, man, they're screwed. I think Nashville and, and everybody's going to be hurt when their best players go. Yeah. Hard. But I think Nashville more than anyone, it has the ability to survive the worst case scenarios because they're just so damn deep. I mean, their top four defensemen are all amazing. They're all number ones. They have a lot of depth up front. Even if Rene sucks, which he could, they have sorrows. Like, they have so many—if a top-nine forward gets hurt, you just call up Tolvanen. Like, they just have so many—it's very hard to envision a scenario where things really go wrong, and I think there's a lot of value in that. A lot of value in just building a roster where you have all these fail-safes. And they seem like they have a fail-safe in almost every position, At pretty much every position. Plus, if worst-case scenario, you just call
1: up Mike Fisher.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> is he really retired if they really uh, need him
1: I, yeah oh he's gonna stay in shape
0: <laughs> but uh no i mean to me this is like it, it's not a it's not an exciting pick but like i view them as the cup favorite yeah i think they're the best i think they're the best team on paper
1: yeah i think winnipeg's right there i think nashville or i i think san jose really improved themselves with eric carlson obviously but Until proven otherwise, Nashville is the best roster in the Western Conference.
2: Fine, let them get it done this year. I'll like them again, and then
1: they'll vote. Well, (laughs) a a team I know Steph loves now, the St. Louis Braden Shens, uh, really, really after the Tarasenko injury last year, just Jesus, fell apart. Uh, Fifth place in the division, 94 points, 44, 32, and 6 overall. They, of course, traded for Ryan O'Reilly to give them more center depth. Also brought in Tyler Bozak. Uh, Robbie Fabry is healthy again, uh, but he's... uh, Oh, Charlie says he's battling a groin injury right now, but it doesn't look like he's going to miss a huge chunk of time like last year. Um, What? like Do we expect the Blues to at least bounce back to let's say third or fourth in the, like, third in the division? Do we expect them to be third in the Central this year?
2: I'd love to say yes. I think that they've got the talent, too. I don't, I mean, last year was really confusing when they they traded Stasny at the the deadline. They weren't really in a bad spot, so I, I think that, it was a little bit confusing as to why they did that. And, and they seem to be trying to make it up this year with O'Reilly and Bozak. They could be really good. I, I want them to be really good. I want to wear my Brayden Shen jersey and be excited about it, as opposed to just sad that he's not with us anymore. I don't know. I, I think that they should be better. Or are they going? They'll be better than the fucking Dallas Stars.
0: <laughs> I think they're a playoff team. Um, I would be I would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, at the same time, though, like I, there's there's things about their roster I really don't like. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a big Alex Petrangelo fan. I'm a big Colton Pareko fan. The rest of that defense I don't like. So. You know, you you just you don't have a great defense behind those two guys. I think Jay Meester is cooked, and I think he's been cooked for a couple years. And they're just yeah. pretending that he's not. Don't you talk about um, my
1: Jay Bo like that, Charlie? <laughs>
2: no, but he's right. A um,
1: young, a young reporter, a, a young Bleacher Report writer, Bill Matz, uh, was was the biggest Jay Beamer. Jay Bo, Meister, uh, Bo really? equals Cup, I believe, was my. Uh... Oh my
2: God!
3: There was a, a time when every Flyers fan wanted Jay Meester desperately. Oh my God. He was the missing um, piece. Yeah. I Remember mean, he when was...
2: Kevin Shattenkirk was on that team? Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, at one time when Bo Meister was still okay and Shattenkirk was there and Pareko had his rookie year, like, their defense looked stacked. And now it's just, like, to me, it's Petrangelo, Pareko, and guys. Like, I think Joel Edmondson's okay. But, like, it's nothing. Like, they're all, like, third-pair guys in my mind. And then I and then in goal like I think Jake Allen kind of sucks. So yeah, he's not great. Yeah, so it's like I like their forwards. I really like their top nine. They also added Pat Maroon. They got him to take a cheap deal to come back home. Um, I like their top nine a lot, but they're gonna have to outscore their issues because I don't particularly like their defense and I don't think their goaltending is that good.
2: I think Jake Allen is Brian Elliott. Like you're, you're gonna, it's hit or miss. I think
0: Elliott. Elliot in St. Louis is better than yeah, Allen in St. Louis. I would say... Like, I'd ma- say... Maybe, maybe Allen now is better than Elliot now, but Al- Elliot five years ago when he was with the Blues is, was much better than Jake Allen is.
2: No, I'm talking Brian Elliott Yeah,
1: okay, that's, that's fair. Like, <laughs> behind that really good blue line, they also used to get you know a more than adequate goaltending. Now the blue line is worse, and they don't have a goalie to make up for it. Yeah. Um, it's real. It's just funny to think that the Blues are gonna have to outscore their problems, considering what we thought of them for so long as the 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 defensive oriented heavy team, the Ken Hitchcock team. It's just they they've gone through a bit of an identity change and uh, really transformed even from last year by bringing in even more center depth and getting a you know bringing in Pat Maroon things like that. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch, but I don't know if they're going to win a ton of games. I and mean, I think you can say that for a lot of this division outside of the top two. They have top end talent, but is it enough to, you know, out to put away games, sixty minutes, be better than the opponent? I don't know if they have that.
3: I mean, Bozak and Riley are really, O'Reilly are really yeah. good additions. So that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's it's going to be the same as every year with the Blues, where it's like. They should be good, but they never do anything. And this year, maybe they shouldn't be good. And so they won't do anything.
2: They should be good. They should be good this year. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: I don't know how they're going to order the centers, but, like, these are yeah, yeah, Shannon O'Reilly and and, uh, Bozak, like, that's a great one, two, three. You don't have anybody that's, like, that screams, like, holy crap, he's awesome, but they're all good. And most teams don't have three good centers. They have one or two.
2: Well, the holy crap, he's awesome as Tarasenko.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I love Tarasenko. He's probably my favorite non-flyer in the league. He's the man.
1: How do we – is Riley, like – has he passed Shen on – O'Reilly? Has he passed uh, Shen on the depth chart? How do you think they're going to order that there?
3: No, I think Uh, Shen will be number one.
1: I think it just depends on how they want to use them. Like, O'Reilly's always
0: been the tough minutes guy, Mm -hmm. and I don't think Shen's a tough minutes guy, so maybe use Shen as, like, the scoring line center and O'Reilly as the shutdown center. I don't know how they distribute minutes, but I assume that's how they're going to do the roles. Okay,
2: I think Shen had really good chemistry with Tarasenko last year. I don't think they're going to want to split that up. Shen looks like he's a... and the and the other one, Jaden Schwartz.
1: Yeah, Schwartz
0: he worked really well. With
1: that him. line, that line was as good as any line in hockey. It was right there with the Giroux couturier Voracek line, the the top line in Vegas. It looked as good as any line in hockey until. Uh, you know, the injuries really started to really started to tear them up. Last but not least, let's go to those Winnipeg Jets. 114 points last year, second in the division, 52-20-10 overall. Uh, they traded for Stasny at the end last year, lose them to free agency this year. They didn't really do a ton, uh, but we like what they have, right? They're still kind of, with Nashville, the class of this division.
3: Yeah, they definitely didn't get worse, so I would be surprised if they
0: dropped off a lot.
2: I think they got a little worse losing Stasny.
0: Yeah, they lost, I mean, Stasny, and who else did they lose? I guess they lost Toby Enstrom, but I mean, it's not like a huge loss. I think Stasny just gave them a big boost because he really solved that second-line center problem, and now they have a second-line center problem again.
2: Yeah. Um... You know, all that being said, they're still good. They're still a good team. Um, is Heliobuck going to be able to repeat last year? Maybe.
1: That was my that Probably. was my next question is, while we like what they have, they're a good team, uh, Heliobuck last year, that was his breakout year. Is he that good? Like, that's kind of their question now, I think. Uh, they can always address a second-line center when they need one and all that stuff, but... The goalie—they're counting on him actually being this guy. Like it was one year ago today, Steve Mason was brought in to push him and potentially take that job if he couldn't get it done. A year later, Hell yeah, Buck! Oh yeah, this is our guy. And Steve Mason not on a team, so it's it's gonna be it's that's I mean, that's something to watch honest. Right there.
3: Is there really any goaltender in the league that you look at and you're like, oh yeah, he's for sure gonna be lights out? Like they're really isn't goalies are just weird bob in the regular season
0: oh well bob in the regular season and then he dies in the playoffs (laughs) but no i i i agree with you kelly i goalies are weird like goalies can have a bad year kind of out of absolute nowhere or they get hurt yeah
3: i mean i I would be surprised if if Um, the jets aren't in the same one-two situation with nashville as they were last year
0: yeah yeah i think they're I think they're very good. The, the one thing that's interesting to me about the Jets, and I don't think this necessarily extends to Nashville, uh, which kind of makes this year interesting, more interesting to me for the Jets than it is for Nashville. Like, I look at Nashville's roster, and I'm like, they've got this cap thing down. This is a roster. If they don't win this year, like it would suck because they're really good with Nashville. But I think they'll have the next three and four for three or four years to take more shots at this. The Jets' window is not as open as you think. Like, it's open this year. But you look at their roster. Like, Blake Wheeler's 32. Brian Little's 30. Matt Perot is 30. Dustin Bufflin is 33. Jacob Truba is an RFA next year. And, like, they might not be able to keep him because it seems like he might want out. They're going to have to pay Patrick Laine next year a lot of money because he's already a borderline 50-goal scorer on his entry-level deal. Like, this may be their last... Really, really good chance at winning a cup before they're gonna have to make some tough decisions, and before some of their key veterans aren't gonna be as good as they used to be. So, to me, this is a this is a huge year for them. Like, they I wouldn't say they have to win a cup just watching what happened with the Capitals, but like, this is this is a really good opportunity
1: for them, and their window might not be as as big as we think. That's they they built it slow, and they did the you know we're gonna grind it out and build it ourselves, and do do what we have to do, because we're Winnipeg. It's not like we're signing anybody, and it's not like we have the biggest budget in the world. Uh, But with that comes, it took a while, and now all of a sudden these guys are older than you think.
0: Yeah, like, Scheifele is 25, and that's not to say he's old. Like, 25 is the prime of his career, but, like, he was drafted the same year as Couturier. Like, there, it feels like he's younger than that, Yeah. because... He's only been great for a couple years, but, you know, three years down the line, he's 28. Now we're talking about, like, hey, you know, when Claude Drew was 28,
1: we were scared he was about to fall off a cliff, you know? Yeah, they're going to—it It, it is—that's it, an interesting point, Charlie, about these, these Jets this year. Um, you know, it's always fun to see games in their home arena. I enjoy watching the Jets a lot. But it, this cap thing is just something to keep an eye on, and— you know, like I said, not the biggest budget in the world. If things don't go well for them right away, do they maybe try to cut, cut in some places and start over again next year just because, hey, our window is closing. Let's try to roll this thing over.
0: Yeah, I don't think they would do that. Like, I, I think they're all in this year without a doubt. Okay. And I think they'll, they'll stay all in for the next few years without a doubt, but I just don't – like, this really might be – I could see in five years us looking back and just being like, man, like 2018-19, like that was the year the Jets had to win because they never had a team better than this one. And it's hard to know that in the moment because when these teams are really good and they have young stars at the top of the lineup, you think they're always going to be really good. And you don't realize until after the windows closed that it, it really wasn't as big as you think. Like I'm looking at their defense, like Bufflin's old, Truba might want out. And then beyond them, like Josh Morrissey's good, but I think he's more of like a three. Tyler Myers isn't that good. Dimitri Kulikov is actively bad. <laughs> the only really good defensive prospect I think they have is is Sammy Niku, and he's probably more of like a Morrissey type. So if they don't like, if if this year goes by and Bufflin starts declining and Truba has to get gone because of reasons. Like suddenly their defense doesn't look that good, and suddenly we're looking at them as a St. Louis Blues with a better goalie.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's the the window thing. It, you know, it, it's what really puts what Chicago did into perspective. Like, and now you know, the bottom has fallen out potentially, and they're just going to have to ride it out with all these all these huge contracts for veterans that you know are hindering them. But they got three. And that's really, really tough to do. And the Kings got to to see what those teams to capitalize on your time. That's what that's what it's all about. To think about the Winnipeg Jets, who finally you know reach their potential, and now it's it's already make or break time for them. Uh, it's
2: this is a crazy
1: league, man. Yeah,
2: it's it, it shows that it's not you can't only build from within you are going to have to play the free agency and trade game. which
3: is a bummer for them because nobody wants to play in winnipeg
1: <laughs> to their credit stas <laughs> stasny said he really liked it and then he didn't sign yeah well
2: i have a center that i hear loves snow <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna get into a lot of that on broad street hockey radio tonight Uh, Is that all the time we have on iSport Radio? Uh, Yeah, so that's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. Again, to our subscribers, if you're still hanging with us, thank you very much. Of course, you heard this episode a week before everyone else gets it. To the general public who's listening to this, you know, as a BSH radio podcast, welcome to Ice Sport Radio. This is what we do where we talk about the rest of the league, so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to yet another show with the four of us making dick jokes to each other for an hour. Uh, For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph,
2: and cocaine cocaine
1: jokes, yes. Uh, For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great night, everybody.